As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by the third annual Oklahoma Summer Nationals, promoted by Johnny Ezel and Cody Pollage, coming up July the 20th through the 22nd at Ardmore Dragway in Ardmore, Oklahoma. The event features box payouts of $3,000, 10000 and $5,000 for $350, along with foot break payouts of $3,000 Saturday and Sunday for only $150. Additionally, today's podcast is brought to you by This Is Bracket Racing Elite. If you're an open-minded racer with a desire to improve on the track, This Is Bracket Racing Elite can provide the tools to help you do so. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in sportsman drag racing and the stars within it. This week on What Everyone is Talking About. So, Big Jed, if LeBron's Cavalier team doesn't make that improbable comeback in the finals two years ago, how much does this narrative around him signing as a free agent in L.A. change? Oh, it's a, it's a complete 180. Obviously, winning the finals, he did something for the city of Cleveland that uh, they may have thought never would have happened. And uh, he come back, he got it done won the championship for his city and his state, and that kind of gave him a free pass, Luke, to do whatever he wanted to do. Wait, this sports, oh, Sportsman Drag Racing podcast. Oh, um, oh supposed to talk drag racing. And oh, uh, you, you got anything? No, not much. Ooh. Uh, can we get JJ's top 10? 
Yeah, let's see if I can find him. All right, JJ's top ten. It's that time again with the little golden voice of drag racing, JJ oh, Bennington. It like it's, it's time for JJ's top That's ten. It's time for JJ. I'm the sharp top ten. He's on the Seven takes three. Top no ten. Good. It's time for JJ. Top ten. It's JJ's top ten. All right, it's obvious by the drop that you just heard. It is time for JJ's top 10. Me and my main man are sitting here in the third floor of the Bristol Dragway Tower overlooking the crew out here getting the track ready for the 12th BT foot brake challenge. And I got JJ on the phone for his top 10, actually top 15, JJ. How you doing, bud? Doing good. You wouldn't wave back at me, though. Yeah, you're at the far end of the suite that we're in. You're waving at me, being all silly and stuff. And this is a professional podcast where we don't act up like that. So, bud, all kidding aside, great to have you for your fourth installment of JJ's Top 10. Actually, it'll be JJ's Top 15 for the second time. How you feeling right now? You feeling pretty good about your list this week? I feel good. Well, good. I feel good about it, too. It's been a challenge. Obviously, everybody knows JJ's 12, and uh, his uh, social media outreach is uh, that of a 12-year-old. So, Dad has to help him kind of gather some information and put these lists together. And I don't know if uh, y'all know it or not, but I'm uh, a small part of a a little old footbrake race here in Bristol. And this is a week where things are happening pretty rapidly and, and changing my schedule rapidly so we've done our best i think we've got a good list put together jj's well aware of what people have done and what they've accomplished and why they're on the list and looking forward to hearing your list bud where we're going to start this week we're going to start on the junior dragster side of things number five for juniors is macy oxentine she won the ihra summit sportsman spectacular in the month of june and that's a pretty good accomplishment yeah, it's a pretty big deal. Uh, the IHRA Summit Sportsman Spectacular was uh, at uh, Keystone or at Wilkesboro. I guess Keystone got canceled, excuse me. So that's a big stage for the junior racers. So great job by Macy there and getting number five spot on the list. Who's next, bud? Number four, this is my man, K Sizzle. KC Pesnell won two weeks, two weeks in a row at our local track, and that's a pretty big accomplishment, especially on the junior side. Yep, KC Pesnell. Odd that one of your buddies made the list, so that's really cool to see KC work his way into the top five there and be number four on the list. That young man, somebody we'll hear a lot about in the future. He is a tough, tough racer. JJ, can I suggest that you bump him up a spot just for the nickname? K Sizzle? I like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's our dog, K Sizzle. All right, who's next? Number three, another one of my buddies, Braden Taylor. He's been to three finals in the past four races, in, it, in the past four races, and he's won two of those races and run it up one. Yes, Brandon Taylor's son, Braden, and Brandon has been working with Braden a lot lately. And he he, he told me a few weeks ago he really feels like Braden's starting to come around and understand what he's teaching him, and it is obvious that he is getting it. Braden is on a tear recently and very deserving of the number three spot on the list. Can we claim a podcast bump on that one? Absolutely. Yes. Why association. Yes. Okay. All right. Who's number two, bud? 
Number two, another one of my buddies, Carson Emmett, he won at National Trail Raceway in Ohio and Crossroads Dragway in Indiana back-to-back weeks. Yeah, now this young man is, uh, Luke, from your the part of the, the state that you lived in, from the northeast part of Alabama. And uh, Carson Emmett, I'm sure you're very familiar with him. He is, wow, Carson Emmett is on fire for the last few years. He is um, stepping his game up every time he goes out. This young man is going to be somebody that makes a lot of noise in our sport. And he, again, from northeast Alabama, he won in Ohio and Indiana back-to-back weeks. They're not afraid to get in the motorhome and travel a little bit. A lot of confidence in Carson, and it is paying off. He is, uh, he's a tear on the racetrack right now. So, bud, this, this list is full of your buddies, your dogs, your homies. Who rounded out, who finished it up and ended up number one? Dylan Hoff won three of the six razors races in the, at the Western Conference Finals. So he won 50% of the races they had that weekend. Yeah, we talked about Dylan. Go ahead, Luke. I was just going to say that's a pretty good batting average. Get you in Hall of Fame right there. <laughs> yes, it will. You went after races, Junior. It's going to be a, a good career. And Dylan, though, we talked about Dylan last week on the podcast. Obviously, at Lenton, young man had a heck of an accomplishment. Uh, obviously, has a lot of talent. And they got in the motorhome and rode, or the truck, whatever they took, and rode a while too. Uh, coming from Oregon out to uh, Tulsa to to compete in the Western Conference Finals, showed up big time. So congratulations to Dylan Huff for being number one in JJ's Junior Dragster Top Five. That's a pretty stout list there, bud. Well done. I liked it, and I'm excited about where we're going next, which is where. Foot break. Bottom bulb. Bottom bulb. Yeah, we're foot breakers, but all of them don't foot break. So we'll just call it bottom bulb. But tell me about your number five in the bottom bulb. Number five on the bottom bulb is Nick Bowman. Won a 10 grander at Norwalk where his car was wrecked three years ago. And that's that takes pretty big guts to come back out there and go race from where your car had been wrecked earlier. Yeah, terrible accident three years ago, hurt Nadine really bad. They didn't think she would make it back, and a lot of people put forth a lot of effort, time, and money, and got Nadine back on the racetrack. Took uh, well over two years, a little under three years, and three years later, he shows back up at the the scene of the accident and collects a $10,000 check. So congratulations, Nick Bowman. That was a, a heck of an accomplishment, and I know it had to have a very special feel to it. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. And to your point, JJ, like I've I've crashed a car. It was in my youth, and it wasn't bad. It, it wasn't nearly as bad as Nick's event. Nick's crash, like we got it fixed up within the next couple of weeks. But that first run, specifically back at the scene of the crime, that is an eerie, eerie feeling. So to as, as you had mentioned, to be able to weather that to overcome it so to speak and then hold the prize at the end of the day not only impressive but it's it had to be a great feeling for nick so pretty cool stuff i like you trying to get me a little bit scared or worried to go down the right lane at uh, the jake summer door car shootout was that we'd love to have you back big was that some kind of subliminal message (laughs) (laughs) okay All right, now I'm scared. That's two weeks from now. But anyway, JJ, who made number four? Don't don't be scared. You'll be all right. We fixed the car. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Who's number four? Number four is going to be Dustin Bryant. He won two days at Memphis and then semifinals the next day and then one foot break at I-57. Yeah, and Luke, you can definitely talk 
more about Dustin since he's from your part of the country and you've got to see him race quite a bit but man he is he's been on fire not just in the last couple two or three weeks but basically all year he can do no wrong i'm actually less than well less than 12 hours removed from watching dustin race and he actually didn't win this morning i was at a race that dustin bryan didn't win that's news (laughs) but he did fall victim to a sixth out package at like six cars remaining so it's not like he was making awful runs but no red hot dustin bryan Good call. Yeah, he, he's on fire. Very deserving being on the list. We'll see him uh, here at the World Foot Rate Challenge uh, when he arrives, uh, probably a little later than he was anticipating after the, the late finish at I-57 last night. Who made number three, bud? Luke Siebert gets number three. He won a four-grander at Thunder Valley in Oklahoma. Yeah, that was a, a carryover race where they had two days of racing, but it got combined into one due to some weather uh, they took the purse and rolled it all together. That was a big deal out there. And there's a heck of a lot of talent in that part of the country. And uh, Luke Siebert collects the big payday. And that is just uh, an extension of what he's done pretty much for the last month, starting at the Dream Team race. Luke has uh, been racing extremely well. And uh, again, another very deserving candidate on your list, number three spot. Yeah, now being relatively close with uh, with Luke, he's a member of This Is Bracket Racing Lead. He's obviously a supporter of the podcast. I Just like you had alluded to, Jed, I felt like his performance at Memphis was really a shot in the arm confidence-wise, like to realize that he was absolutely capable and deserving of being on that stage with the best bottom ball racers in the country. And now I think you're going to see the dividends of that. It's certainly that confidence that swagger carried over to noble and i don't think he's done yeah i don't either and that's the last thing the bottom bulbers in that area need is a a confident luke siebert so congratulations to luke for the number three spot and how about number two big guy number two is going to go to jake howard he won no box two days and one of those days he won super pro when he transferred over into that class yeah, that was at Tommy Phillips' Lone Star Summer Shootout at Ennis, Texas at the Motorplex. And uh, Jake has driven extremely well most every time he goes to the racetrack, especially this year. And uh, that was a heck of a weekend for him as he collected a couple of no-box checks. And then when the, the no-box winner advanced to the Super Pro uh, category, he finished him off on the Friday race there. So Jake Howard, another very uh, deserving guy and a guy that has performed extremely well this year and especially of late. So congratulations to uh, Jake for that. And uh, that leaves the number one spot. And I, I don't think there's a lot of suspense here, big guy, but you go ahead and tell him who number one is. All right. He's been number one. Two months in a row on my top ten on the bottom bulb side. Two months in a row, big accomplishment. Kevin Pollard won the first 50 grander of the weekend at the No Dragster Nationals in Jackson, South Carolina. Yeah, we got to witness that one firsthand. And uh, Kevin, you know, he's been a secret performance who's hot winner a couple of times. Whoa, he's whoa, whoa. Did, did. You didn't tell JJ? What, what, uh, what I missed? 
I thought that was a rule for the show. We were going on a fast. No Kevin Pollard talk, no Johnny Ezell talk for like the next three episodes of the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast, unless oh, they oh, went a hundred grand or we're not mentioning those names that we've talked about them. Oh, well. <laughs> oh well, I, I chose them to go on my list, so I mean, I guess that's my bad. That's on you, But it's JJ. also his fault because he didn't tell me. I guess. So. Uh, well, that, I don't that, know. That, that's technically that might not have been true. We'll just we'll just blame it on Kevin Pollard. I mean. If he would just quit making everybody look like we've never driven race cars before, we wouldn't have to quit talking about him. So. Like I said, JJ and I got to witness that firsthand. Just what else can we say about Kevin Pollard here on the podcast and what he's accomplished? But very deserving of the number one spot as he took out the last several Super Pro cars and uh, got the big $50,000 win there at Carolina. So congratulations, KP, and we'll see you here at the World Footbreak Challenge pretty soon as well. All right, bud. That's uh, those been home runs. I, I was a little worried about this segment, but you put out home runs in the junior category and the bottom bulb. Let's take it on in the Super Pro and see what we're working with right here. Who's number five? Should know better than to underestimate JJ Big Jeff. <laughs> That's when we learn this by now. It's my fault. <laughs> number five, and you you know what's coming right here. Number five is the tenth Kang Disco Dean Torn. <laughs> Got him a twenty K victory in Ohio. Yeah, JJ was very excited. His uh, his main man Disco got the big twenty k win there at uh, at the Liberty Classic, the Loose Rocker event. And Disco says that they tell him he's a no prep racer now. He's not supposed to be out there winning bracket races, but talent is talent, and he still got it. Good to see Disco get back out in the bracket racing world and show that he's still a man to be reckoned with. So that was a big big win for him. How did the story go? I tried to sell the car, but no one wanted to pay. So I just went out and won 20K. As <laughs> <laughs> Disco. He said, the more you take, the more you make. <laughs> so who finished up number four, bud? Number four, he won the Saturday 50 grander at the SFG event. Wes Weaver. Yeah, that was a huge day for Wes. Uh, anybody that wins 50K is a huge day for him. But uh, really good to see Wes mow through the field there and get his $50,000 payday. Uh, heck of a day, again, that we got to witness and very deserving of being on your list. So who got the number three spot? Number three spot won Sunday at the SFG event, Parker Stubbs. That was a big win for Parker. I know we've gotten all three 50K winners at the SFG event, but, you know, they're deserving. Go ahead, bud. Parker Suggs not only won the 50 grander, Parker Suggs was triple zero, take triple zero in the final round. As the late, great Tracy Hardy told me, that will get you a lot of electricity. Uh, that's that's, uh, a, that's a difficult lap to beat right there. That's uh, yeah. that's about yeah. That's that's perfect. Triple O take triple O's as perfect as it gets. So that was uh, that was a big final round for Parker. Uh, got the win over Tracy Guffey there, but huge day for him. And um, again, a young man is going to make a lot of noise in our sport before he's done as as he's already doing. What about number two? Number two is Skinny Kenny Underwood. He won a twenty grander at the Liberty Classic. Yeah, now Luke, Mark, JJ, we've talked about Kenny. Seems like every week Kenny does something special. And 
for whatever reason, it's just been flying a little under the radar for some reason, maybe like we almost expected of Kenny. But when you look back on the season, actually the last couple of seasons he's had, it's as good basically as anybody in the country. Now, this guy goes hard. He races hard and he goes all over the place. But he has performed extremely well. And this was just another great outing for Skinny Kenny Underwood and very deserving of your number two spot. Yeah, to your point, Jed, this run for Underwood, just within the last six weeks or so, it started with a $50,000 win up at uh, SFG at Martin. Then he was in the final, I believe, runnered up at one of the American Dream races at Dragway 42. Won a 10 grander at the Ultimate 64, and then just this weekend won a 20 grander at uh, at the uh, Liberty Classic at Killcare. Like and like you said, like we've mentioned him every week, but within what a six week or two month span, Kenny Underwood has won close to a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> as quietly as you can possibly do that, if that's possible. Yeah, that is nuts. Yeah. So again, Kenny, a uh, guy that. It's definitely deserving of making the list. Uh, you know, you had 50 grand winners behind him, but when you roll up everything Kenny's done, number two spot fits him very well. So congratulations to Skinny Kenny, but there is a number one guy, and it was pretty special. Who is it, big guy? Dennis Mead gets the number one spot. He won at the Ultimate 64 shootout, won a $50,000 no-split final. That's a big day at the racetrack, anytime you win a 50 grander. Now, I don't know Dennis Mead at all. I'm sure he's a very good guy, but I can only imagine that as the rounds were clicking off and it was being told every round that we're not doing anything, we're not doing anything, especially in the final, that has to create a little bit of additional pressure. And he responded extremely well. His opponent, racing Jason Lynch, made a great lap in the final Dennis got under it by a couple, two or three thou, didn't let the pressure get to him, collected a $50,000 no-split payday, and that deserves the number one spot in JJ's top ten. But that was a, that was a heck of a day at the racetrack. Maybe your old dad would see one of them one day. But aside from that, you crushed it. You crushed it this week. You're super excited. You're ready to get out in the pits and ride around on the new golf cart with uh, Dylan and hang out. And um, I was a little worried, but you blew my expectations out of the water. You did an awesome job. Yeah, way to, co- way to compartmentalize. Could you really underestimate me? <laughs> well, no, easy now. Don't, don't get all cocky on me down there. You, hey, no, I didn't. I like the swagger. I like the swagger, JJ. You keep, keep, going, keep on keeping on. I love I was, it. I was worried because I didn't help you prepare as well as I should, but you overcame my inefficiencies and and did a wonderful job. And I appreciate you coming on again this week. Great work. And JJ's top 15 is going to be another hit, I'm sure. (laughs) I I don't know what you want me to say. Maybe thank you, something like that. Thank you. All kidding aside, great job. It's time for you to get out and do what a 12-year-old does, enjoy yourself in the pits get off my cell phone and uh, enjoy your time here at the BT World Foot Break Challenge, bud. It's going to be an awesome week. Yes, sir. All right, JJ, have a good day. Have a good WSC, JJ. I will. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to make sure that you're the first to know when next week's episode is available. Subscribe. And you can do that on 
Google Play. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that wherever you are accessing our show today. Just subscribe. That way that you know that you have got the latest edition of the podcast. You'll be the first to know. And do us a favor. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get your track involved by broadcasting portions of the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast over the PA on race day. All right. A couple of weeks ago, we reached out for some testimonials from podcast listeners, from customers of some of the advertisers on the Sports and Drag Racing podcast, Racing RVs, Zebra Performance, Portatree, This is Bracket Racing Elite, among others. I wanted to take this segment, this mid-roll, to share a testimonial from This is Bracket Racing Elite member and podcast listener, former podcast guest, Dallas Page. Dallas writes, This is Bracket Racing Elite has done everything and then some for me. I originally heard of it through my first podcast. Uh, I can go into huge depth about my support for This is Bracket Racing Elite, or you can check out the podcast I was featured in. You can hear it fresh. Racing RVs and Joe Fisher gave me, as well as everyone else in This is Bracket Racing Elite, an opportunity to become a team member. And I was lucky, as, as, was lucky as well as fortunate to join uh, truly a company and business that cares and gives back to the racing community. I myself love being a part of both of these incredible sponsors. So a little bit of a shout out to Racing RVs and to This Is Bracket Racing Elite. Thank you, Dallas Page, for that. For anyone listening, if you are interested, intrigued by This Is Bracket Racing Elite and want to learn more, check it out online at thisisbracketracing.com. All right, guys, uh, the Oklahoma Summer Nationals uh, that we uh, talked about in the pre-roll is being brought to you by Johnny Ezell and Cody Pollard. This is the third annual Oklahoma Summer Nationals, and it is back at Ardmore Dragway in Ardmore, Oklahoma. It's a fantastic event taking place July the 20th through the 22nd. Saturday will boast a box class payout of $10,000, while Sunday will pay $5,000. Friday will feature a $3,000 to win gambler's race, which is free with the purchase of a weekend entry at $350. Now, this event will also feature two shootouts. They've got a box 64 car shootout. It'll pay $10,000 to win, while the footbrake 32 car version will pay $2,500 to win. The box shootout is currently full, but they are taking alternates. There are open spots in the footbrake shootout, so uh, make sure you catch up with those guys and get your name on that list if you're interested. This race will also feature a special treat. It's the legendary Texas Dragster Shootout. This race will feature a winner-take-all, best 16 Dragster drivers from Texas. No splitting is allowed, and it's $8,000 to win. Make sure you catch up with uh, Johnny Ezell or Cody Pollage for more information on the third annual Oklahoma Summer Nationals. He's on fire! It's time for Who's Hot in Sportsman Drag Racing. All right, on our Seabrook Performance Who's Hot, we've been reaching out to customers asking for testimonials, and we've got a great one from Andy Klosky about the great folks at Seabrook Performance. Andy said, I can't say enough about Seabrook Performance. Not only did Luke take the time to work with me on a rotating assembly that I wanted a certain way, he was very competitive in his pricing. And as a budget-conscious bracket racer, getting the best quality parts within what I can afford to spend is a huge deal. Heck yes, Seabrook Performance is 2,108 miles from me, but why not support the people that support sportsman drag racing? Again, that was Andy Klosky from British Columbia, Canada. So thank you, Andy, for that. And heck yes. Uh, heck yes. Definitely heck yes. A, a great testimonial for Luke Seabrook and then what the, the, the great things he's offering through Seabrook Performance. 
Luke, we talked about it in JJ's top 15. This guy made his list on the bottom bulb. Just been on a tear lately. Again, from right up in your area of the country, Dustin Bryant is uh, he needs to stop drop and roll. His kid's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might have a little bit of regional bias here, but I think Dustin is is very deserving. And for those of you not familiar, maybe familiar with the Bryant name, at least in this part of the country, Dustin's father, Phil, is a local legend, so to speak, been a long time competitor at the at the top of his class for decades uh, around the St. Louis area. And Dustin, just a chip off the old block. But and again, there's a little bit of regional bias because this is not events that typically make the national radar. And I may be missing a, a race or two in here. Like he may have lost a round somewhere in there, but I don't think so. Dustin won back to back Saturday night footbreak races at my home track at I-57 drag strip. Now there was a rain out or two. There was a couple weeks in between them. So like I say, he may have actually gone somewhere and lost in between, but I know he won back to back races and, and at I-57, they've got a cool program where if you win, they put a bounty on you. So it's like a hundred dollar bounty for whoever beats you. And if you win the race, you collect the bounty for yourself. So Dustin did that even kind of with his head on the chopping block, so to speak, which was pretty cool. And then went from there to the triple nickel 5Ks at Memphis just this past weekend. There's three fives on the top, and I believe it's three 2500s on the bottom. And Dustin did not drive his familiar Monza at that event. They kind of uh, condensed towing expenses, took one car, took his father Phil's Vega car, which Dustin had never sat in prior to the event. Uh, He rolled through the field one Friday, continued that domination one Saturday. And Sunday, I believe he was down to three cars, and Pops broke the car for him. His father, <laughs> Phil, was still in at eight cars left in Super Pro, broke a Heim joint, I believe. They, they wasn't able to make the call at three. So to this point, his only defeat in that car, lifetime, and at least to my knowledge, his only defeat in the last month was around in which he wasn't able to roll into the water box under his own power. And that, I mm. think, is impressive and deserving of this week's Super Performance, Who's Hot?, Yes, no doubt. Dustin, uh, congratulations. Uh, you know, the whole family, Phil, Sharon, Dustin, they, they just race. What I love about Dustin, I'm friends with Dustin on Facebook, so I get to see it quite often. They're racers. They just live to go to the racetrack and compete. I'll see, it doesn't matter what the conditions are. I see the posts all the time. You know, maybe it was a it was a record high, 107 degrees today, wherever, and it was a hot one. But, you know, we triple entered the car and dad you know did this and foot break or pro i did this i mean they run their stuff hard it doesn't matter if it's hot doesn't matter if it's a 5 a.m finish that's going to say you might see where they finished at five o'clock in the morning you might see where they're in a you know a two and a half day rain delay but they're sticking it out we're waiting waiting on the quarterfinals to be called been it's been raining for two and a half days so whatever the conditions are they just go deal with it i love that about the bryants they are hard chargers they're going to be here at bristol at the world foot break challenge and be uh phil's first time here i believe so looking forward to having them and congratulations dustin and the whole family because this is truly a family effort I'm not sure Dustin could compete at the level he competes at without the support of his folks. So great job for all of you. And Dustin, congratulations for being this week's Seabrook Performance. Who's hot? A little bit. I mean, like typically we do this in the open of the show, but loyal listeners will know that uh, the podcast is coming a bit late this week. We've had some scheduling hoops to jump through. 
busy week for you. World Footbreak Challenge going on. Producer Mark's always got things uh, things happening in his life, moving things around. And for me, I couldn't record at, at regular time. We actually raced last night at I-57 Drag Strip. That was the race that I alluded to, where I actually saw <laughs> Dustin Bryant not win. And also the race that I alluded to that finished after dawn. So as we record this, uh, it is currently noon central time on Independence Day, 4th of July. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, America. I rolled into bed shortly before 6 o'clock this morning from oh. the festivities oh. at I-57. It was a great night, Big Jed, at, uh, at three cars. I was 14 and dead on eight. And I mean, not that that's a stellar run at three cars of a five grander, but seeing as it was 4.30 in the morning, I was pretty <laughs> pleased with it. Rick Harless was not as impressed. He laid down 12 total. I took home $300 for my efforts as the sun was coming up. It was awesome, Big Jed. So I'm feeling pretty <laughs> chipper. I'm fired up about it. And um, I think we should knock out some results for the week. Yeah, well, I'm equally as excited. Uh, drove till 2 o'clock this morning, got up about <laughs> 7.45 and pulled in Bristol Dragway and got started setting up and had to go to Walmart and get a headset because I left mine in Birmingham and Hopefully, I'm coming through loud and clear, but it has been a challenging last few days, Luke. There's still some challenges ahead, but uh, looking forward to the BT World Footbreak Challenge, and whatever it takes, we're bringing the podcast to you, even if it's late. So, Yeah, in uh, short, it would have been easy for us to pull the plug on episode 84 of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. So, loyal listeners, all 50 of you that download this (laughs) You are welcome. You are welcome. <laughs> All right, Luke. The Flat Out Gaskets Liberty Classic was held at Kill Care Dragway in Xenia, Ohio. That is a, a loose rocker event. We all know how Michael Beard and Anthony Walton do it. They do a wonderful job. Uh, they had some big winners there. Had uh, Friday, Cameron Adkins got the win over Josh Ludke. Josh, obviously a guy we've talked about a time or two here on the show that uh, performs well, but big win for Cameron Atkins. Uh, I know he was very excited. I could tell through Facebook. So great job by him. Saturday was uh, a couple of guys that know each other very well and uh, no prep racer. Oh, Disco Dean, as JJ talked about in his top five, collected a $20,000 payday over uh, Marco Abruzzi. Marco don't get out to the bracket races a ton, I don't believe, but you know, we all know how talented Marco is. So great job there on the runner-up by him, and congratulations to Disco getting down a finely prepped racetrack. And then Sunday, Skinny Kenny Underwood, as JJ talked about again in his top five. Got Skinny Kenny. Got another huge win over uh, Derek Davish, or is that Davish? I'm not real sure. It's one of the two, I'm sure. Yes, yes. Could be Davish, but uh, either way, <laughs> Double D getting the runner-up, Skinny Kenny Underwood. Uh, great event there, <laughs> the Liberty Classic at Kill Care Dragway. Skinny Kenny, what a role he has been on. All right, IHRA Sportsman Spectacular made its way to Wilkesboro Dragway, and it looks like they finally got one of those off without much weather issues. Looked like a good crowd at Wilkesboro. The Mosier Engineering $10,000 to win main event, that's Saturday's win, went to Roger Robertson. The no-box winner, the no-box car to advance the furthest Saturday, was Philip Harrison. And we mentioned, JJ had mentioned uh, Macy Oxentine earlier, which is the Saturday junior dragster winner. And William Daniels collected the $5,000 payday in the second race. 
Johnny Hodges was the last no box racer standing, getting it done on the no box side in race number two. And the junior dragster winner from race number two was Jeff Batts. So some big winners there at the IHRA Summit Sports and Spectacular. Great to see the folks at IHRA finally get a weekend where they could complete all the races. So congratulations to those guys and Wilkesboro Dragway. What do we have on the uh, Lucas Oil side there, Luke? Yeah, the only divisional event, the only NHRA event of last season was Division One up at Lebanon Valley. Nothing completely stood out to me. We didn't have any Team Luke, Team Jed, Team Kevin final round appearances, so no big changes there. And by the way, hopefully next week, for those of you waiting with bated breath, downloading, refreshing the podcast <laughs> app, asking when are the new picks going to be up, it's just been a matter of, of scheduling, getting us together with Kevin, and honestly us knowing that we're going to record the podcast more than a couple hours in advance. That's been a little bit of an issue the last couple weeks. We will have Kevin on. We will redraft. And when we do, Big Jed, I hope it's me, somebody. It's going to be Thomas Fletcher. T. Fletch got his third NHRA Wally of the season, trying to join Father Dan as an NHRA world champion, making a heck of a run at it. And I think I don't, I mean, no matter what you do, if you win three NHRA events in stock limited or any class, like that is something to be very proud of. Thomas, as typical in the Fletchburg clan, like they've got a lot of race cars and logistically, Dan is a master at positioning this rig on this part of the country with this cars. We need these cars at this event. Bottom line, like none of the family runs the same car, like exclusively. And Thomas, this time around, he had won his first two races back-to-back a month or so ago in their Copo Camaro. This one was in the early model Camaro, the Dan's High School car. So I think Mm. that adds a layer of impressiveness. Is impressiveness a word? It Uh, is now. Absolutely. So either way, way to go, T. Fletch. Nice work. And like I say, one of us is going to pick him up. He is – I don't know if – it's too early to say anyone's in the driver's seat for the 2018 uh, Stock Eliminator National Championship, but Fletcher's putting up a score capable of winning it. Yeah, obviously performing very well there is Thomas Fletcher, so we'll see who uh, ends up collecting him on their uh, redraft. It should be interesting. Uh, Luke, the price is right. Was at Huntsville Dragway in Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, that was a race that was rescheduled from the previous week. It was a 10, 20, and 10 guaranteed money. And Michael McIntyre got the win uh, on Friday over Chance Likens out of the BTE racing camp. Chance taking a Volkswagen to the final. So that, that doesn't happen very often. Chance will be here as well with the BTE racer support van at the BTE World Foot Brake Challenge. Looking forward to seeing him soon. And congratulations uh, to Mac there. That was a, a big $10,000 win for him. Saturday, Team Old Guys got on the board. Don Bradford from right up the road there from me in uh, the Birmingham area got the win over B Money. Bryson Scruggs getting uh, another big final round for him. Bryson starting to make some noise and performing well of late. Uh, so I expect that to continue, especially with his mentor and the resources they have available to him. And as, Sunday, as Jason Lynch told me via text earlier this week, if Big B keeps driving the way Big B's driving and I keep his stuff from blowing up, he's going to win a lot for the end of the year. So way to go, Big B. <laughs> Yeah, wouldn't surprise me at all. And Sunday, Bo Boatner goes to another big final round, collects another big payday over the red hot himself, Daniel Wiles. 
and uh, the the Sunday finale there at the Price is Right at Huntsville Dragway. So a couple of guys that always seem to perform well. Daniel just kind of been on fire lately and still keeping it rolling. And Bo Boatner getting back to his winning ways. That was good to see. Yeah, Daniel Wiles, yet another big final round appearance. One more race to touch on over the weekend was the Superbucks series at Atco. This is a race, Dick Jed, that not too long ago was like one of the marquee races on the big dollar bracket racing tour. At, at a time, it paid $50,000 to win back in its infancy. It was a quarter mile, 25 grander. Like this, this event has taken on a lot of changes, I guess, over the years. It's been very fluid, but it's been ongoing for, I would guess, 20 years, close to that. One of the, still one of the marquee races or maybe even the biggest bracket race in the northeast annually this year's uh, event started off with a five grander on thursday was uh, won by jim laro friday was uh, a guy that you're awful familiar with big jed brock Mosier decided to put a box in that vega and uh, made that work out twenty thousand dollars richer with the win over marcus mcclure did he definitely put the box in i am under the impression that there was a box yes okay i, I, I read that somewhere I was thinking I saw on the back of Brock's car one time what he thought delay boxes, what kind of people ran delay boxes. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was, it was not a term of endearment. So I never thought I would see that. But if he did, uh, I guess so be it. Either way, he's capable of getting it done, whether he's hitting the top or the bottom. But Big Jay, we're going to need see. some investigative reporting. I assume you will see Brock this weekend. Actually, I don't think Brock's going to be here this oh, weekend. Oh, really? Okay. No. I was looking for some clarity on that. Somebody's going to have to let us know. If Brock <laughs> did that on the on the bottom at ATCO, where, like, I just know when I went to ATCO, we ran quarter mile with eighth mile packages. Like, it's just one of those places that's easy to make good runs. So I assume when you shorten the distance that it just gets plumb stupid up there. So if you want a race that repeatedly requires like sub-10 packages to win off the foot break, like we need to be talking more about Brock Mosher. Yeah, I think Shane Carr posted, actually, uh, we need to go back to quarter-mile racing. He said this eighth mile up here on a good racetrack with uh, a lot of good equipment and good racers is just ridiculous. So I, I think it was very tough racing there, Luke. So no matter how Brock got it done, congratulations to him. I'll second that. Somebody built me a track when we run a half mile. The longer, the better. <laughs> and Saturday's 20K winner was uh, Big Bobby McCloskey. Good to see Bob getting it done there. Got the win over Chris Reynolds, a couple of good dudes in the final. Bob was uh, 3 thou total, uh, and Reynolds laid down 11 pack to be eight behind. So that was a, a tough lap there for Chris. Good lap, but tough. Yeah, I mean, what do you expect? You lay down 11 in the final. That ain't, that ain't working. So uh, oh, actually, God. I didn't. Uh, I wasn't to that note on the show before we started talking about Shane's post about how tight the racing was. So I guess that is a verification yeah. of of said tight racing. Saturday night they had a ten thousand dollar gamblers race where Travis Laster got the win over Steve Dunn. Both finalists were three dead seven in the final. I'm telling you, if it's if if that package doesn't start with a double O, you are very much in jeopardy. How crazy is it? <laughs> <laughs> Weekend action concluded with uh, a pair of buddies. I think uh, more or less best friends running in the final of Sunday's 20 grander. It was Bobby Spence getting the win over Scotty Bodmer. Super tight race in that final as well. I don't think the numbers were quite as impressive as some of the others that we
we had talked about, but that was basically a dead heat final round. Triple zero looked like, just judging from the results, both drivers on the brakes. Basically, the proverbial coin flip goes Bobby Spence's way, but two guys that are no stranger to final round appearances and up in that neck of the woods. No, I actually talked about both of these guys this year. Bobby was one of my picks to win a, a big SFG race that they had on the East Coast earlier this year. Uh, didn't work out. And Scotty Bodmer, if you remember, I talked about him a few podcasts back when I went to uh, the Spring Fling a lot. Uh, Scotty talked to me about give me some health tips. Uh, basically, just told me, Jed, whatever you're eating, quit eating it. <laughs> try something different because it's not working for you so scotty thank you for those tips i'm, I'm going to start working on that soon well it's funny that you say that because scotty's a member of this is Brad racing elite and we've had an ongoing discussion that we haven't really even brought it up from this weekend about health physical condition and health and really how it plays a part later in these multi-day races and as you know scotty is the picture of good health and I think that that shows through that everybody, by all accounts, it was hot, miserable up at Atco. The last day, he shines through. So there might be something to it, Big Jed. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely working on me. He's told me the actual no exercise plan that I'm currently on. It probably needs to be worked on just a little bit. So thank you, Scotty. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm really gonna get working on that soon, man. Appreciate it. Congratulations on a big final round. Whatever you're eating, stop. And uh, yeah. let's 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 ramp up this this exercise regimen. Okay, that yeah. sounds like solid advice, Jed. Change from none to some. <laughs> baby steps, baby steps. <laughs> Honey, where are we racing next week? It's time to discuss next week's major events, news, updates, releases, and announcements. It's what's on tap. What's on tap, Big Jed? There's a decent footbreak race going on somewhere this week, isn't there? Yeah, uh, it's in the hills of northeast Tennessee, a little country racetrack up here called Bristol Dragway. I'm here <laughs> waiting on everybody now, so y'all y'all come this way. Luke, all kidding aside, it's the, the 12th BT World Footbreak Challenge. I don't want to overshadow any of the other events that's on tap this week, but obviously this is near and dear to my heart. It's 12 years of, of Steve Stites and myself's work and effort into this event and it's going to be a huge weekend here at bristol great crowd coming great sponsor support with uh, special awards and round prizes and just really can't thank everybody enough for what they've turned the world footbreak challenge into um, we might have a weather challenge or two on friday but tomorrow yeah, in the summer, yeah. But the weather tomorrow looks great. Saturday and Sunday look great. And if we get a little break here there Friday, it's going to turn out great as well. But all in all, it's going to pay $30,000 one way or another uh, this weekend in foot break at uh, the World Foot Break Challenge. And I uh, definitely want to thank the great folks at BTE for being with us for all 12 years of this event. And they're just sticking by our side and been a wonderful partner. And uh, UConn Gear and Axle bringing the, the triple tens to the racers this weekend. want to thank those guys as well for being a wonderful partner and everybody else that's helping and all the racers. And looking forward to a huge weekend here at Bristol, overlooking the facility right now from the third floor. Uh, they're out here working hard, getting it ready for your racers. So come enjoy the fun and be part of something special this weekend here at Bristol. 
Yeah, hopefully uh, some of your racers head in that direction will be listening to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast on the road. Big Jed, I, I agree with you. I think the World Footbrake Challenge headlines this weekend's event, but it is a busy weekend of racing all across the country. Yeah, it is. Tentuck returns to one of my favorite racetracks, Beach Bend Raceway Park down in Bowling Green, Kentucky. So we will have a little bit of coverage from that next week as well. As I mentioned earlier, I'm actually going to be headed north here in a day or two to the Firecracker Bracket Nationals up at Byron Dragway in Byron, Illinois. It's a huge event. It's $30,000 to win Friday, $100,000 to win Saturday, $50,000 to win Sunday. And it's a rarity in these days in that this is just something that Byron Dragway is putting on. Like, this isn't a SFG promotions event. This isn't a fling event. This is not an outside promotion. This is just the track stepping up and saying, well, we see these going on. It looks like the model works. Here we go. And they have basically filled or very nearly filled pre-entry race for a ton of money. So looking forward to going up there and seeing what it's all about. Yeah, I'd like to see some more of that too, Luke, out of these facilities. Uh, this uh, folks at Byron stepping out there doing something special. Both of those events you just talked about are at legendary facilities. They know how to put on great races. I assure you, if you're not familiar with Bowling Green or Byron Dragway, those are two facilities that have hosted a little bit of everything that you can have in drag racing. So it's uh, sure to be a great time. So make sure if you're in those areas and you can compete, which I think the race at Byron has a limited field. I'm not sure where that stands, Luke. But either way, some great racing available to folks at, at two awesome, awesome racetracks. And then if you're interested on the NHRA side, Division Three has a Lucas Oil event at uh, Lucas Oil Raceway in Indianapolis there. so um, Another track with just a little bit of history. Yeah, that's, again, another legendary facility and great race there for the folks that choose to do class or, or 90 racing. I'm sure it's going to be another awesome time there at Lucas Oil Raceway and uh, Epping, New Hampshire. If you, I would imagine if you're looking for the, the coolest place to race on the What's on Tap list, it'd probably be there at the New England Nationals and Epping. The national event uh, always, I think, produces uh, great results and ETs. They'll probably be perfect weather up in that part of the country, so I'm sure they're going to have another good one. And it'll wrap up, Luke, with a 10K and a 5K in the top ET category at another legendary racetrack, Capital Raceway in Crofton, Maryland. Uh, The folks at Capital putting up $15,000 over a couple of races there for the top guys. Yeah, I have a feeling that the aforementioned Scotty Too Hot bottomer will be there, as well as Bobby Spence. So, And probably 100 or so others vying for that top prize. So big races, Bristol, Bowling Green, Byron, Indy, New England, New Hampshire, good seafood up there too, and a capital raceway in Maryland, among others. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's deep. It's this week's Final Thought. All right, Jed, we have, uh, we've dusted off the Final Thought segment. It's been a couple of months. Yeah, uh, it's been a minute. <laughs> what I wanted to talk about and close the show with is, uh, I don't, concern's not the right word, but maybe just a, an, an observation and from afar at times and sometimes from right in the middle of it of this rapidly changing market that we have in in big dollar bracket racing i saw this and i think you guys have seen it too with the world footbrake challenge i saw this with the the exclusive 150 race that we put on last year versus our jake summer door car shootout and as 
this climate of bracket racing has changed immensely, really, if we're going to be honest, in the last three to four years, because there are so many huge dollar races. I mean, there's literally, like, I, I wrote the column for National Dragster. I think there was 50 plus individual days of racing in 2018 that paid a guaranteed purse of $40,000 to win or more. Oh, like, that goodness. was, yeah, if you go back even just five years ago that just didn't happen that was maybe 10 days throughout the season you know what i mean it it is it has grown so much with so many different races going on all across the country and those races by and large i mean with a few exceptions they've been very successful like home runs for the most part and at the same time there's a trickle-down effect throughout bracket racing because at least what i see here like the weekly bracket race has almost been replaced or at least trending the direction of like the five grander. You know what I mean? Everything is ramping up a little bit, but what seems to be left in the middle, so to speak, are races that we used to think of as big dollar events, like huge elite type big money races, like your 20 granders, maybe even 25 granders, things like that, that now, like, I'm just not sure that there's a significant market for Jed because there are, so many events that pay that huge money that I think the racers that used to support were the touring $20,000 to win races. Or, or years ago, it was 10 grinders were huge. You know what I mean? Like that was a big purse. It, it doesn't sure. even feel like something to get excited about for those that elite crowd anymore. But those were the guys that were supporting those events and making them happen. And I think now, by and large, that community is being a little bit more selective. They're trying to save up the money and the travel time to go to the, the mega events. And at even the your quote-unquote local racers are now either veering one of two directions. They're supporting these, you know, local twenty-five hundred to five thousand dollar to win events a lot more on a monthly or biweekly basis, and or when the mega events come to their part of the country, like that's a weekend that we can staple out. Like, hey, this is one that I can make. I'll save up for this. Whether whether I make one or two of those a year. What seems to be kind of, I don't want to say fallen by the wayside, but not particularly well supported are all those events in the middle, the 15, the 20, the 25 granders. And I just brought this up. I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but I bring this up this week in particular because we had three established I'd say uh, at least two of the three very established events, all by reputable promoters at awesome facilities just over the past weekend, all 20 granders that were all not particularly well supported. I mean, there weren't any of them busts, but your your price is right at Huntsville, 10, 20, 10. Mm-hmm. I heard they had right out 100 cars each day. Now, granted, it was 140 degrees at Huntsville, it sounded like, like it had been miserable, yeah. miserable here. At the same time, you had Atco's 20 granders. And as I m- mentioned earlier on the show, like that event, it's undergone a, lot of cha- undergone a lot of changes over the years. But that race has been a staple of the Northeast for two decades. And same deal. I heard 120, 130 cars each day. Not a disaster by any means, but half of what that race used to bring. And then even the race at Kilcare, the Liberty Classic, which I don't think you could have a promotion team with a better reputation. Like, I don't hear anything negative about what Michael Beard and Anthony Walton are doing. And I don't hear anything negative about Kilcare. And it was the best supported of the events, but it was between 150 and 180 cars, which I, I my understanding is was down quite a bit from expectations. My fear is just that, and again, I I don't guess it's even a concern as much as it is an observation. I just don't know that we necessarily have a market 
for those races right now. It seems like it's either the huge races or like five granders slash down to local style events. Like, I, what are your thoughts? Well, it's it's such a difficult thing to understand because those are great races, and it's the races like you said five years ago. We were begging people for right, man. If if somebody would do this right here, just three twenties. If they'd just do three twenties, that'd be huge. And and they they're fair entries and fair buybacks at great facilities with special prizes and round prizes and things involved. So it's really the race that we've asked for all along. But something, as you said, has happened in the last probably 24 to 36 months in bracket racing that has put those guys in no man's land. So it it is very difficult to understand. Obviously, you talked about Michael Beard and Anthony Walton. They put on uh, $40,000 to win foot brake races, three of them earlier this year. Had a really good crowd. Probably not quite what I expected, but uh, I thought it'd be a little more, but then you talk about Kevin Pollard's 320. So on the footbrake side, we were seeing these huge events coming out by guys that you know do the right things, wonderful promoters at good facilities. So we backed the World Footbrake Challenge back up from a 10-20-10 to our most successful format over the years, which is a triple tens format and a little less entry. And this thing is blown up. It's going to be probably the largest crowd we've had here in quite a few years by backing the event up some. So I'm seeing on Facebook weekly where somebody had a $2,000, $3,000, $4,000 to win race and, you know, it had record attendance. 185 cars showed up to race it. So it is a, a very difficult thing to understand in today's racing, but really all bracket racing boils down to is getting people excited. Excited. If you can get my buddies, Jared Pennington's buddies, excited about going to a race, I get excited about it. I want to be there with them. I want to go participate with them. I don't always look at how far it pays down the line and all those things. I just, when my buddies get excited about going to a race, I want to be there with them and participate. And I think this is such a sport where we have groups of people that like to go race with one another and enjoy one another's company. I think you you just tend to get these pockets of racers that go to races and people follow them. And because I see, I'm seeing it right now, uh, our New Jersey crowd has been down a little bit over the last several years. Well, somehow this year we got four or five of them excited and we're going to have the most New Jersey racers that we've had in quite some time. It travels a good distance to Bristol to race for less money than they could have raced for the previous few years. So mm-hmm. I think it's just really about somehow generating excitement i don't think it's just enough to put out a good purse these days and say there it is boys or girls come get it i think you have to do things that get people excited about wanting to be there and when you do that you're just going to create good crowds obviously the purse is a factor it is a component to the event that people look at but my opinion is just try to figure out how to get them excited it ain't always about what the winner gets yeah no i I think you bring up a good point there because for years it was always I'm going to a 10 grander, I'm going to a 20 grander. And then I guess there's so much competition right now that I I agree with you. I think that there are other things that maybe differentiate events that appeal to racers. And and this is all, keep in mind, so cyclic and it's so fluid. And we're just kind of trying to observe and, and stay on top of it. I just, it feels like right now, 
from a race promoter standpoint, you either cater to the weekend warrior with a super affordable race with decent purse that may have a ton of cars, but certainly doesn't necessarily appeal to the elitist group, like to, to give the weekend warrior a place to go. Or you go to the complete other end of the spectrum with the the race for the elitists. You know what I mean? The 50, 100 grand or whatever the case may be. Those both ends of the spectrum seem to be working. Stuff in the middle, a little bit more hit and miss. And I mean, this is never, obviously, as we said, it's fluid. This is not like a hard and fast rule. There are middle types events and series that are having success. And there are huge events and, and weekend warrior events that are struggling. And, and a lot of it comes down to happenstance in a lot of i mean weather forecasts play a play a factor the racetracks play a factor and certainly promotions like don't fault the idea like a well-promoted twenty thousand dollar race will trump a poorly promoted hundred thousand dollar race any day of the week you know i mean like there's a lot of work that goes into that behind the scenes but just as a general rule it just seems like everything in that middle ground is struggling a little bit and i guess i'm more than anything i'm interested to see how the racing community and race promoters respond to that and what we see in the next 12 months. Yeah, and to the promoters that have come up a little short of your expectations, I mean, I haven't seen anybody that's done anything wrong. You're certainly not doing anything wrong. It's just you've fallen into a a little bit of a black hole in bracket racing right now, and it's no fault of your own. You guys have done a wonderful job promoting your events and building them. business. It is just a tricky business, and it, it's just challenging, and just stay at it. You know, from a racer standpoint, I hope these guys just keep plugging along, keep doing those things, because it's it's good stuff, and we just need you to keep doing it, and uh, hopefully the racers respond. All right, Big Jed, let's tie a nice bow atop episode 84. Yeah, this was a lot of fun, Luke. It was a different look for me from the third floor here at Bristol, so uh, I've had a great time. But this does wrap up the uh, this episode of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. And I want to say thanks to some great folks that support us each and every week. Seabird Performance, certainly the Oklahoma Summer Nationals with Johnny Ezell and Cody Pollage. And this, this is Bracket Racing Elite, some wonderful sponsors that we're fortunate to have. What about some shout-outs, Luke? How you feel about that this week? Been good. I've been making a lot of notes. Shout-out, Braden Taylor. Shout-out, Brandon Taylor. Shout-out to the podcast bump. We expect credit for that. Shout-out to Macy Oxentine while we're on the junior dragster side, just because I thought this would get a mention. Like, maybe it's a little bit sensitive with the younger crowd, but that's all-name team. Macy Oxentine, that's an awesome name. <laughs> yes, it is awesome. Shout out to my personal sleep between having a week and a half old and then deciding to attend a race until the sun came up. I am feeling chipper, feeling dapper. I'm I'm ready, doing great. Shout out to Kevin Pollard and the Kevin Pollard slash Johnny Ezel fast. Oh, I mean, we weren't going to talk about him. Shout out to Skinny Candy. While we're on that subject, shout out Fat Joe, Fat Al. Shout out to Andy Klosky and heck yes, heck yes, Andy Klosky. Shout out Dustin Bryant. Shout out to Phil Bryant for tearing stuff up so that Dustin couldn't win again. Uh, Shout out to Double D. Yeah. Shout out Double D. The Nashville Double D and Derek Davish, 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 Double D. Shout out to Too Hot, Scotty Bodmer. Shout out to Buddy Love since we're talking about (laughs) Act And shout out to Brock Mosier's Airbrush. 
You guys might have caught that. Might be a little bit of an inside joke, but something's probably going to have to change on the back of that paper wagon. Uh, Shout out Cole Castile in Crosby, North Dakota. Guys, be sure to tell us what you think about the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. Uh, Whether it's good or bad, hopefully it's all good. Message us directly on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page, or you can at either Luke or myself on Twitter. Luke is at Luke Bogacki, B-O-G-A-C-K-I. And I am at JP11X. Come join us at the BT World Footbreak Challenge this weekend. It's going to be awesome. And we appreciate each and every one of you listening. Hope you have a great week. Banging on the door, bump, bump, bump until I get it in. Attitude like I am already winning in. Footbreak in anything. Bottom bobbing for a 10. I'm rolling in the cutty, switching feet like Jerry Pennington. I was in my truck. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is at each event, there are a hundred plus entries, there's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.